Today, I just want to um, go to the scriptures real quick. And if you will, jump with me to the book of, uh, we'll, we'll look at the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Hallelujah. And the word of God says that while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, which would mean that she had more children. This is Mary we are talking about. Amen. So uh, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him. In cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Imagine that, that God is coming into his own creation and the world has no room for God because they're too busy. Hallelujah. I'm going to stop reading there, but I'm going to jump around in a lot of scriptures today, so I hope you got your Bibles ready. Amen. Today, you know, if you ever go to the mall or you, you, you walk around New York City around this time, you walk in the mall, the mall always have, or, or just any place in New York, they have these elaborate Christmas trees, and at the bottom they got these gifts that are already wrapped. When I was a kid and you saw those gifts in the mall, I just wanted to like jump over the little red line and open the gift because in a young child's mind, when you see something wrapped that nice, it's, it must be something inside the box. Amen. As I got older, to my disappointment, I realized that there was nothing in the box, that the gift actually was prettily, nicely, prettily, nicely wrapped, but filled with a lot of nothingness inside. And how many of you know that uh, if you're not careful, you can be deceived by the wrappings? Hallelujah. Amen. Let me just interject here a little bit. If you're single, don't be deceived by the wrappings. Because what's in the box is what you got to live with. Turn to your neighbor and say, God loves you. All of you. Amen. I hope it was your wife or your husband. Hallelujah. Don't be deceived by the wrappings because the wrappings can fool you. Hallelujah. What you see sometimes is not always what you get. There's a lot of nothingness behind a lot of... Sometimes the things that look the more, most elaborate are filled with nothing behind it. Sometimes the profiles on Instagram that look popping are the most depressed people behind... Y'all ain't saying nothing. And if you're not careful, you will live to... to, to Gravitate to wrappings only to end up empty. And uh, the, the funny thing is here, when you read what I just read, God is wrapping, the, the, the Mary is wrapping God. Uh, Y'all hear what I'm saying? She's wrapping God in cloths and placing them in a place where uh, 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 animals feed out of. And by the look of that, there's nothing desirable about that. That's not an Instagram picture. That is not how you want to show you gave birth. There's nothing glorious about that. But if you look at the wrappings, you'll miss the package. 
Let me say what I'm saying. And so today, if I were to title my sermon, and I feel like preaching, I know y'all just looking at me and staring, but I like, you know, a preaching church, so I'm going to need y'all to help me today. So if you came for a show, it ain't going to work like that today. I'm going to preach my face off because I feel something in this house. But the title of my message today is simply God's gift wrap. Shall we pray? Shall we pray today? Father, I bless your name. Your word is already blessed. And I just pray that you would show up in this house and move like only you can. I thank you, Lord, that you are in this building. And I pray, God, that I would unwrap the package that you are. And that your spirit would move in this house, Father. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Because, Lord Jesus, it is what is in the package that counts. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. And I pray that you would speak a word in this house to every circumstance and situation. In the name of Jesus, somebody say, Amen. Amen. The wrappings of God is very unconventional, distinct from the customary ways we would normally wrap gifts. My wife knows that I'm big on wrapping gifts, and she is too. She's even looked at other customs and cultures to figure out how they wrap gifts and adapted their styles of wrapping gifts. And if you're not careful, though, you know, you can be deceived by the wrapping. As a child, as a child... Uh, I, I, you know, many children want gifts for Christmas. How many of you got kids that are already excited about Christmas and talking about what they want? Hallelujah. My boy Silas has already been telling us what his specific gift is, and I'm so glad that his sister volunteered to get it so I don't have to be the one on that day to make sure it arrives. The thing about when you're a child and you want a gift, none of your Christmas lift gift is something you actually need. These kids be writing, I'd like a, y'all remember when we were young, Tickle Me Elmo? That name is just not popping anymore. I don't want to tickle nobody. Yeah, hallelujah. Amen. Y'all remember what we used to write? I want Transformers. I want what else y'all wanted? Power Rangers. That was a nice way to put your name out there. Good job. Power Rangers. What else did you want? You wanted all these things. Tonka trucks. You were a real. Amen. You want it. Amen. Cabbage Patch Kids. Amen. A wrestling toy, a wrestling action figure. Amen. And you wanted all these things. Not one of those things, if you didn't get them, it was almost like you didn't, you didn't have a good Christmas. You, you wanted video games. You wanted the latest game that came out. You wanted all these things. And you would think that when you get ready to write your Christmas list, you would write the things that you absolutely need that are essential, but not to a child. A child could care less about what he needs. A child is going to write only what he wants and what he thinks is going to bring pleasure to him. And actually, some of those things become catastrophes after you give it to them. Because they, they don't want to get off the video game. They don't want to stop playing. They become lazy. They become lazy. It's almost like I shouldn't have given you anything that you asked for. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? Here's the funny thing is, the, the, the funny thing about that is, though, is that if you actually give a child an actual toy they need, not a toy, but something they need, they look at the thing that you act, they actually need as though it's strange. Try giving them some, some food for Christmas, like, like package some spaghetti and some noodles and some stuff that they're going to need because they have to eat to live. Pack 
package that for Christmas and just, you know, do you, and you could get a lot of gifts. You could, you could package spaghetti, package some sugar, package some, some milk, package it all as gifts and put them under the tree. And in the morning, have the kids come and rip open and see they got spaghetti. What they actually need, they would look at it like, what's this? I remember growing up, you know, uh, one of the things my, my parents got me was clothes. And as a kid, that was annoying. What am I going to do with a shirt? It's Christmas. I want a game. I want to, come on, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And the Caribbean is big on that. If you're from the Caribbean, it's like all clothes for Christmas. like that. The reason for that is because the Caribbean folks ain't had time to buy no gift. Like, you need clothes. So we're going to buy you what you need. Here's a nice church shirt. And then they dress you up on it on Sunday morning and sent you to church with the shirt like you look nice for Christmas. And you tight because I do not want this shirt for Christmas, but you need it. And as a kid, it's funny because... What you actually need, even though it's packaged good, what you have to absolutely use as essential for life, you reject it. Because you only want what is pleasurable. But then life starts to change as you get older. When you turn a teenager, the, the request changes. They go from toys to maybe a phone, an iPad. Upper teenagers just straight up get to the point. Give me money. <laughs> Above that, we all have that same desire. We just know that you're not supposed to say it out loud. But the reality is, what you want to give me? Give me money, bro. Just give me $200, bro. And we, hallelujah. But then when you get older, after 20s, 30s, 40s roll around. You know, that's the check engine light years. Come on. That's when everything starts to go crazy in your mind. From the physical, the doctor told you your kidneys got about, hallelujah. The doctor tells you your heart, you know, your heart don't really run like it used to. You can't eat whatever you want to eat. Y'all with me? If you didn't get the check engine light, coming guys <laughs> young people ain't even trying to laugh with me but I'm looking straight at y'all it's coming hallelujah and then you start to realize that all the things you thought matter don't matter and so when they asked you as an older person what do you want for Christmas I start to say things like what I want you can't buy and they misunderstand that. They say, well, what does he want? A Tesla? <laughs> Not even a Tesla could give me what I need. Because as you get older, you start to want things like, I just want peace. I just want my family. See, all the young people are like, nah, we still want a phone and money. You can keep peace. The adults are like, I just want my family to be happy. I just want all the brokenness that occurred over all these years, if there's a way to go back 
That's what I want for Christmas. I just want to be able to walk into a room and, and, and genuinely have joy. And not sometimes have to fake a smile. Fake it till you make it. Hallelujah. Because when you're older, you know, you, you got to smile more. And sometimes it, the situations don't feel like smiling. The problem is, though, when you get older, the teeth ain't as good as when you... <laughs> so so you're smiling all, unless. <laughs> there's an unless over there, somebody. Somebody got something going on. Amen. The truth of the matter is, you want peace. You want healing. You want something to help me fix this divorce I went through. Help me fix this rejection I'm dealing with. Help me fix the addiction that I've developed growing up as a child that I still have as a 40-year-old man that nobody knows about. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. That if my family only knows I got this addiction, I wouldn't have a family. They wouldn't look at me the same. I just want, can you gift wrap any of that for me? I just want this world to not be divided. I, I don't want to always talk about racism. I, I want government to, to be better than what it is. I don't, I don't want to live in this political turmoil every day to where it comes into even the house of God. And we don't even see each other as brothers and sisters. We see each other as blue or red state. Y'all ain't saying nothing in the house of God today. The less you say, the longer I'll preach. Let me give you a hint. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're trying to get home, hallelujah, start amen and loud. <laughs> amen. The gifts change. <laughs> yeah, leave it up to range. Range is about to be quiet. The old service like, I don't, I don't want to go home. Like, I don't really like going home at all. Just keep preaching, Pastor. I love the house of the Lord. If you're not careful, you can spend most of your life filling it with gifts that you think is wrapped nice and filled with substance only for them. When real life starts to kick in, you realize none of this really matters. And spend most of your life rejecting the, the free gifts that come from God and you treat them like trash like it's not a priority I'll get to God I'll get to the things of God later only to realize when you get to a certain age had you had those gifts priority when the check engine light came on you would have said I got a great mechanic hallelujah Superheroes dominate the screen now. Every movie that comes out is about a superhero. And I like superheroes. How about you? I'm sure you got your favorites. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I've got my favorites too. You know, as I, I look at superheroes like 
what Steve said, like Batman and Spider-Man and all these things that are making millions of dollars on the screen. The thing about superheroes is that they're interesting. They, they live normal lives growing up. They go through all this trauma and rejection and pain. And then something traumatically happens to them. One gets bitten by a spider. One drinks a, a, a vial by accident that has some type of potion in it. And, or someone has in a cave and bats fly over him. And <laughs> I don't know what his traumatic. I don't uh, And you just say, oh, a bat. <laughs> I'm going to be Batman. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I just don't get it, but uh, that's me. Amen. And, 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 and all of a sudden, their life has changed forever. They, they're, Batman is really Bruce Wayne, but we know him as Batman. Spider-Man is really Peter Parker, but we know him as Spider-Man. The Hulk is really... Come on now. But we know him as the Hulk. There was one superhero who was different, though. He was different. You could hear the church section. They like, he about to talk about Jesus. <laughs> no, I'm actually going to talk about another superhero who was different because this superhero was Superman, and he was different in this way. Let me, let me explain why he was different because unlike all the other superheroes, nothing traumatic happened to him to make him that. As a matter of fact, he was born Superman, but had to fake that he was Clark Kent. He wasn't Bruce Wayne who was Batman. He was Superman who had to try to convince everybody I'm Clark Kent. But whenever you saw Clark Kent, he was always. And if you just judged him by Clark Kent, you wouldn't understand that he's not even from this world. If you, if you looked at his, the clothing he wore and if he didn't go into the phone booth and come back out, I, I like the old Superman. The new, new Superman, they don't even know who the new Superman is. But, 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 but if, you, if you just looked at the clothing he wore and the glasses and the way he carried himself, you would think this is nobody to even respect or want to be like. But he's actually trying to be in a world that he does not really belong in and so he was confusing to many people because especially Lois at times he would do stuff and uh, if something fell for Lois he would pick it up and it would be heavy and, it, and she'd be like how'd you do that and every now and then you see a glimpse of his other nature that he really wasn't from this world I ain't talking about Superman no more but there's a real superhuman that walked the earth. That, that wasn't from this world. That came and left a heavenly throne and clothed himself in a human body. And uh, he was what we would call not superman. But the God man is a little bit bigger than super when you put God in it. Hallelujah. That's why I don't call nobody God. You know, nowadays we joke around, he's point God, this God. I don't give nobody God and nothing. God is a, is a title only reserved for one. 
Hallelujah. He was the God man. And so, so the same problem you had with, with Clark Kent, you would have with Jesus. If you look at the manger, you wouldn't know that, 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 that the mother who's feeding Jesus, the baby is actually the one who made the mother. <laughs> y'all ain't here. I told you. I, I hope y'all are amening because you're getting this and y'all just don't want to go home. Amen. But, 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 but at, at times, that's why you, you, you see this duality in nature happening. The, the same man who hung on a cross and said, I thirst. It doesn't make sense because a couple chapters before, that same man is walking on water. The same man that walks to the woman who comes in the middle of the day because she was known for living a, 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 a crazy life. The Bible says she had six husbands and the one she was with is not her husband. So she was, amen, hallelujah. That's a good New York word. Amen. And, and she came in the middle of the day to get water. The reason she came in the hottest point of the day is because nobody's coming at the hottest point of the day to get water, which tells you she's coming because she don't want to have to face the community because of the reputation she has. Anybody ever like that? You, 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 you want to stay away? No, y'all ain't like that. Everybody's good. But, but she stayed away. And so when she went there, she saw Jesus sitting on the well. The well of Jacob had the well of God. Hallelujah. And, and he asked her for some water. And it was not long after that the same one asking for water says, if you knew who was asking you for water, you would actually ask me for water. Because the water I give, the water you drink, you will thirst again. But the water I give, if any man drinks from it, he will never thirst again. And she looked at him and said, well, well then I need some of this water. If you look at Jesus, the same, the same God that created the world is the same God that was subjecting himself to it. The same God that would show up to Lazarus' tomb late and say, show me where you laid him. And cry. It makes theologians to this day still wonder. Can you tell me why Jesus wept? Can you really definitively say to me, this is the reason he wept? Because if you say he's crying because he's a man and he's feeling the pain of a man, you, you turn one verse later and he's bringing the man back to life. In my head, if I could bring you back to life, I wouldn't cry if you died. Can you definitively say, some people say, it's because they didn't believe in him. The lack of belief. But that still didn't stop him from healing his friend. And I'm so glad that sometimes my belief is not as powerful as I think it is, but his grace is bigger than my lack of belief. Oh my God. Because even in times when I doubt, he's faithful. Even in times when I turn my back on him, he never left me. And this God man that is dead is truly one who is a superhero. And the Bible is filled with verses that shows you this duality. In the book of Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, it says this. 
Behold, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Hallelujah. In the Bible, if you jump over to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1, everybody knows it. It's very familiar. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And then when you jump down to John, chapter 1, verse 14, this is what it says. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is not an ordinary man with no disrespect to anybody's religion. I want you to know that you cannot ever put Jesus in any category as anybody else. He's not just a prophet. He's the reason every prophet has ever existed. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. He is not just a deep teacher. He is philosophy, period. He is not just a deep scientist. He is science. He's saying, what are you talking about? Because if you jump to the book of Colossians, Colossians says it like this. The Son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were. Y'all seeing this today? In Him were all things created. Things in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities all things have been created through him and we think God exists for us I want you to know we always say at Christmas time and it's true there's truth to it in context that the biggest gift God will ever give to you is Jesus but I want you to know that it's actually you are the gift that the father gave to the son. The world was made for him. And at the end of it all. This world will scream the glory of Christ. The Bible says one day every knee. Every knee will bow. Straight knee. Knock knee. Bow knee. Toe knee. Hallelujah. Joe knee. Hallelujah. I could go on with that. Every knee. If you got knees. They are going to bow to confess. I make no apologies today. I came to declare to every devil around this season that it's not about all the materialism that you got going on. It's about the God man. And his name is Jesus. Look at what it says. Look at what the rest of that verse says. Look, this verse, this verse, he says, he is, in verse 17, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. Do you know Jesus is holding the world together? Hallelujah. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything, he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. You know, people always ask you, where in the Bible it said Jesus is God? You don't know how to read. All of his fullness dwell in 
him, hallelujah, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. The gift came to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, whether things in heaven, by making peace through the blood that was shed on the cross. Isaiah 9, 6. Y'all with me still? The Bible says, for unto us a child is born. Don't read so fast because the second part says the child that was born is somebody's son that was given. You ever saw that? That a child just wasn't randomly born. Somebody gave a son. And when you jump to John 3, 16, it tells you who gave the son. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. So that child that was born is a duality in nature. He's the God man. Make no mistakes about it. Jesus is God. Here's some things I want you to know. Number one, when God wraps a gift, it comes in strange wrappings. God came to Mary from the scripture I started out with and said to her, you are blessed and highly favored. Now I know that we live in an era where we love that word favor. Can I mess with some of y'all theology today? I mean, church people are, 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 are really churchy. Come on, how many of you are churchy and you know it? If you sit next to, like everything for you, you, you can't even talk at the job properly. Where are you going today? Well, bless the Lord. I'm going to go downstairs. Praise the Lord as I get, you know, I pray the anointing is on the first floor as I walked in. I felt the room. What are you, the world is like, what are you talking about? And some of you, are, you, 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 you understand what I'm saying? There's some people, you ever walked up to them and shake their hands and say, they ask you, how you doing? And you, you know, you, you having a crazy week. So you're like, oh, I'm just trying. And they're like, oh, I rebuke that. <laughs> you ever been rebuked for how you feel? <laughs> well, how are you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord and favored by this and that. And they start telling you all the favoritism they got. That's great. I got no problems with that. But I found that favor sometimes come in strange wrappings. If I were to be honest with you, favor don't always feel. How is this favorable? I know we like to run around because preachers say it a lot, favor ain't fair. I wonder to who it's not fair. Because when you say it, you mean to say, I'm getting money out here. Look at what God did. God blessed me, kid. And look at me. Look at what God did for me. We, some, we didn't rapize the gospel into the same mindset as them. Look, it's God. don't blame me for looking fly. Blame God. So when we say favor in fair, what we mean is I got stuff. I got everything good going for me. 
And it's God who did it for me. And God is not fair because he ain't doing it for you. Watch the stupid statements you say because they're popular. God is always fair. So if you ever say favor ain't fair, you're wrong. Come on, somebody. But if you, if you, if you, if you went deeper and you looked at Mary's life, don't look away from me now because I touched some of your favorite preachers. Look right at me. Hallelujah. 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 Don't run. Don't go. Don't go. Don't go away from me. Hallelujah. If, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. If you examined it, the person who was being told that you are highly favored, what she had to walk through, I would not want to ever wish that on anybody. The man that you're espoused to has the right to kill you. And everybody is now going to be talking about you. And if you think they did not talk about Mary, read when Jesus was an adult what they told him. They said, we know who our father is. You know what that was? They call that in New York shade. They were trying to tell him, we know about you, virgin birth. It's good that the Bible don't focus in on the bitterness that could exist. And, 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 and not only the favor that she was going to get was going to cause people to talk about her and dog her out, but the very next chapter, she's going to have to flee and go to a foreign place to find refuge. A new mother, no nothing going on. Nothing, you ain't even got a job. All you got is a is, is what? What did she have? And she's gone into Egypt. Then the reason she's in Egypt is because when she looks at her homeland, because of the favor, every child is being slaughtered. Who wants that burden? So sometimes when you ask God to use you, know it's going to feel like you were used. I know we, we, we nice that word of God, use me, meaning that we put a face on it. You like Joseph. Joseph had a dream. Joseph woke up and said, hey, I dream all y'all going to bow down and worship me. Not worship. He didn't say that. He said, oh, y'all going to bow down to me. I see this. His brother said, who you think you are? And when the dream came through, they all came and bowed before him, begging him for grain, and none of them recognized him, and he ended up in tears. The dream is never what you make it in your mind. The dream might be, it might come to pass, but it might not feel how you thought it would. Because the dream was never for you. Because you were created for him. Y'all ain't say nothing in this house. I'm not even halfway done yet, so just buckle your seatbelt. Hallelujah. Uh, and, 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 and this, 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 this woman, same thing. I can imagine Joseph on the other end. God is getting ready to gift him. He, he got a lot to deal with. Hey, Joseph, I got something great for you. What's that? Your wife pregnant. What? Um, I know she asked it, but I would have asked it too. How could this be, seeing that she 
No, not a man. But trust me, what's in her is from God. Do you know what they had to go through? And God says, this is actually a gift to you. Have you ever felt like when God gives you a gift, you almost want to say, take your gift. Oh, if I were to be honest with you, I've been preaching all my life. And sometimes preachers make it look easy, but there are days that I look up to God and I say, could you take this gift back? Because sometimes the pain don't match the reward. At least it seems that way. God will wrap his gifts in strained packages. Here's the second point. When God gives you a gift, it can leave you wondering if it indeed is a gift. Ask Joseph. God gave him a gift, but he ended up in a pit. He ended up in jail. Ask David. David, God gave him an anointing to be king, but he was running from Saul for most of his life. Ask Noah, Noah, I'm going to teach you how to build an ark, but you're going to be strange to everybody else. It had never rained ever on earth when Noah started telling people it was going to rain. Let that sink in. He walked around talking about it's going to rain, and people said, what is rain? God will make you feel like, is this a gift indeed? And great gifts can come from strange circumstance. I want to I let you know that, that, that the things that sometimes are the most painful places are sometimes the places where God is actually giving the gift. Sometimes it is from the most hurtful places that God begins to say, here's a gift. God will gift wrap a gift to you while you're losing your job. You, you, you there crying to God, God, I want this job. God, you know I need this. And God says, I'm letting them fire you. Because what I got, if you hold on to that, you'll never, you'll never see what I got over here. The rejection that happened in your life when people walked out on you, oh God, you went to the gym to work out to make them take you back, all types of stuff. Come on, Hallelujah. You don't even work out when the doctor told you you're going to die. You're like, oh, I'll die. Eat Popeye's chicken. They left you. You're like, oh, I got to work out. Are they going to see me next week? I got to look good. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you did all of that. Little you know that the rejection God is saving you from something. Let them go. People ain't there for you, then let them go. If you got to fight to keep somebody to be with you, you're going to have to fight for the rest of your life for them to stay. If they want to go, I got a policy in my life. It's, this is easier said than done. Don't get me wrong. There is pain in this, but you better learn. That if somebody's going to look at you and all that you've done for them and still walk out the door, 
You got to let them go. Not my loss. Hallelujah. And then they start to, later on down the years, you see them online. You never know what you have until it's gone. Dummy. You had a good woman there willing to pray you through stuff, take care of you, all that. But because you, oh, y'all, oh, <laughs> because you, you know what I'm saying, you watched a little too much stuff when you were growing up. You wanted a hallelujah. hallelujah. Oh, come on, y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Hallelujah. Read between the lines. You get what you get. And you don't get upset. But sometimes God will wrap these gifts. Here's number three. Number three. I'm getting out of here, y'all. Things are never out of control. They are only out of your control. There's never a minute that God is out of control. When things are going crazy in your life and you're like, God, what's happening in my life? I don't know what's going on. God, this is going on. I can't. Where are you, God? God is up there like, bro, chill. This is actually good. You always hear my story with Shy. Shy always makes the sermon. Whenever Shy asks me to fix something in his life, it's the worst thing you could do for Shy. Because Shy is the person who, while you're fixing, want to tell you how to fix what he can't. Anybody like that with God? While the, he came to you to say, fix my iPad, and you're trying to fix it, then he tells you, no, don't press that button. No, do this. No, and you're like, bro, so if you know... Why don't you fix it? Anybody ever feel like that? And so, 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 so and somebody help me out, man. I, I, I'm hot up here. I don't know if y'all are hot down there, but I feel like it's summertime. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This, this is a strange rapping. Hallelujah. But, 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 but Shai will tell you that he, he'll argue with you through the whole process. And some of us are like that with God. We ask God for help and we argue with God through the whole thing. And God has to tell you, like one time I had to do to Shai, I literally had to take him out the room and lock him in his room. And Shai's on some, God! Shai is dramatic. Shai is going to let this world know that he was here. I know that for sure. And his mother comes, what are you doing to my son? You know, mothers automatically think fathers don't know what they're doing, right? Fathers... Fathers are fathers. We got to man the boy up. You know, so when you know, fathers, fathers, we father different. You know, mothers want to, hey, that's my baby. Don't touch him. You know, fathers be on some, let's play fight. <laughs> All the father's trying to do is, yeah, little kid, yeah. In case you ever... This is what the world is like. Yeah, she, when you go out, she ain't preparing you. This is real, real life. Oh, you fell off. Oh, 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 oh. Come on. Hallelujah. None of that was biblical. Do not run with that. <laughs> but you understand. Good. Fathers are different. And so, Sherry would run, what are you doing to my son? And I would have to explain, if I don't, for that minute, he feels like he's in a strange place. This is a strange way to help me. 
This feels more like punishment. But what feels like punishment to you is actually God saying, I need you out of this situation. Because if you continue to stay here, I can't fix nothing. And so sometimes we think God is not in control. No, God is always in control. You might not feel like it, but he's never left the throne. And God interrupts Joseph and Mary's life. Here's what I want you to know. If what God is trying to do in your life feels like an interruption, then you might be too busy. If God is trying to get your attention and you don't stop and give him your attention because you got other things to handle, you're too busy. And unfortunately, this was the state of the world the first time he came. He shows up to bring peace on earth. And they said, we got no room for you right now. We getting money over here. Census is bringing people to town. We racking up. All we got for you is a barn in the back. If God is trying to talk to you, listen to me carefully. If you know God is interrupting your life, you walked into church today, not by accident, but you just know something ain't right. Maybe I need to pay attention to God. The best thing you can do is do what Mary did. Let it be to me as whatever you say. Don't ever say, I got plans right now. She could have said, hold on. You know how women are with the wedding? <laughs> a wedding is never for a man. Well, nowadays, there's some men out there. Like, we're not going to do that. This is how we're going to walk. And I'm going to walk down the aisle. Hold on, bro. <laughs> you know, the wedding is mostly for the woman. The woman want a plan. She want this flower, this, that, that, everything. So to tell a woman that this ain't going to go how you plan, she could have turned to God and say, imagine if God interrupted something so dear to you right now. Said, that ain't it. You'd be like, it's going to be after I'm done. Y'all hear what I'm saying in here? And, and, and the Bible says that God interrupted her life. But she allowed him to do whatever he was going to do. Give God you, not your assignments. Stop telling God what to do in your life and just submit to God. Y'all hear what I'm saying in this house? And when God tells you what he wants to do in your life, fear can make you give what is your redemption up because you're scared. If you're not careful when God is asking you to do something, fear will make you say no. And when you're scared, when you're scared because you're looking at the cost of a thing, you will never get the value of the thing. Any businessman will know it's going to come a time in your life where you're going to have to shell out big money. There's a young entrepreneur in this church. 
who I admire what God has done in his life. And the way he got blessed, I'm sure many people said, you crazy for investing in such luxuries. But it wasn't until they invested in the luxuries that the business started to grow. If he had taken the approach of, I cannot because it's too much, he would have missed the rewards thereafter. If Mary said, I can't because it's too much, she would have never seen the rewards of knowing that her son was the savior of the world. And so sometimes you got to watch how fear grips your heart. And know this, that when you do have your gift, I want to say this loud and clear, some will come and celebrate your gift while others are coming to kill it. Wise men are coming to worship the gift, and Herod is trying to kill it. Not everybody's happy for your gift, and not everybody's happy for Jesus. Some men still want to worship him, while others want to get rid of him. Come on in this house today, and you got to be careful who you share your gifts with, and your, your, your life with, and your, because not everybody that is listening to you is applauding you behind your back. There are some people literally trying to figure out how can I discourage you. When you tell people I've given my life to Jesus and I'm now a Christian, not everybody's going to say yay. Some people are going to say, why would you join that? Some people will look at you and say, why would you join that white man's religion? Come on, you'll hear it on the internet everywhere. Why would you follow that European way of thinking? Don't you know that this is 2023? But I want you to know that every devil is a liar. It has been happening since Jesus was born. They've been trying to get rid of Jesus. But you can't get rid of the King of kings and Lord of lords. Who am I talking to in this house today? Who am I talking to in this house today? Not everybody will celebrate what God is doing in your life. Not everybody will be happy about the changes you made. You stop drinking and some people will look at you and say, you think you're better than us and want to trick you back into a lifestyle. Some people will actually wish your downfall. But if God has given you something that is changing you, you hold on to the change that he's bringing in your life. And let me tell you something, I've been holding on to Jesus for a long time. And a lot of what Jesus has done in my life was packaged very strangely. And this is my last point. Don't you be fooled by the gift wrap. Look beyond the surface to discern the value that is within the gift. And a lot of times when Jesus came to me and he spoke into my life and he did things for me, it looked very strange. But I'm so glad that I trusted him because at the end of it, the rewards far, far outweighed the, the, the cost of what I I had to go through hallelujah sometimes the gift might look so strange and make you feel like giving up and quitting but you can't quit on God you can't quit no matter how hard it gets you can't look back and tell you can't turn your back on Jesus and go back to the devil's way of thinking you can't go back into that 
dungeon, that pit that seems nice because it's gift wrapped nice. The Bible says broad is the way that many are taken because broad looks good. Broad is easy. Broad don't call for character. Broad don't call for integrity. Who am I talking to? Broad don't call for apologies. Broad don't call for, for, for humbling yourself. Broad don't call for all the things that develop and make you a good person. Broad, on a broad road, anything goes, but when you follow Christ, it's less attractive. Nobody wants to walk that road, but when you walk that road, the Bible says, few that find it, and when they finish the course, they end up in paradise. No, oh, the gift wasn't packaged good. But you got to get past the package. You know how disappointed I'd be if I was a kid. And I jumped over that red line in the mall. And I opened that present that looked nicely wrapped. Only to my surprise. As I'm getting through and security's letting me. The fake Santa over there is letting me. My mom is even letting me. As a kid, this is heaven. And I opened that big box to find out. After all of this. There's nothing in it. Welcome to your life. Everything you think is more meaningful than God will lead to that. And every time you saw God, I ain't going to lie to you, I grew up in church. Church was painful as a kid because you had to go every Sunday. Some of y'all didn't go through that, but I had to go every Sunday, every Sunday. This morning I was coming in the rain. I said, God, there's a lot of people you know they're going to take the day off. Can a pastor take a day off too? <laughs> Got to go to church every prayer meeting. I used to hang out with some boys. I never, I never smoked or did any of that, but I was around enough people to get a good contact. <laughs> and so while I was being contacted up uh, on a Friday night, I looked at the watch and I said, I got to get to prayer meeting. And I would come in the back and sit and I would smell not like the Holy Spirit. But church was a drag. Yet, yet to go. But as much as I felt this was painful, there was something in me said, you got to do it. You got to serve God. You got to serve God. So I remember when I started using my gift, I, I, I remember the first time I heard somebody lyrically going crazy in Hillcrest High School. And they were just barring everybody at the table to death. And if you grew up in New York and you went to high school in New York, the famous beat was... When you heard that, it was time to cut class. Come on. And I remember I sat there and I heard this Queens kid rapping and using metaphors. And that's why I don't understand. Like, I ain't hating on today's rap, but y'all can't rap. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, these dudes rap. These dudes would take words and wordplay. And I said, how you do that, bro? And he, and he gave me a style to run with. And I said, it's about to be, y'all better stop looking away from me. I'm from Queens too, just like you. 
And I said, this is it. I'm going to bar the world to death. I'm going to come back, and I'm going to battle everybody in the lunchroom. I know how to do metaphors now. I'm writing, and every time I write and I want to cuss somebody out, the Spirit of God said, not your pen. So unlike a lot of people who get saved and come into gospel, I started gospel. Oh, and I'm happy for that. And so, so, so I would try, oh, I got a bar, I'm going to slice him. And the Lord said, you ain't slicing nobody. I said, God, this ain't, this ain't popping. This, this, I can't be coming on. Jesus is the way. They ain't trying to hear that. God says, no, my hands is on your life. I said, well, God, I, I'm going to give you my talent. And I gave him my talent. And the, the benefits far outweighs. And I could go on and on. But here's the key thing to gifting, y'all. You will never know the value of the gift until you open it. So what? He's a God man. So what? He can turn water into wine. Boo-hoo. What does that do for me? So what? He raised Lazarus from the dead. I ain't Lazarus. So what? He forgave the lady who was caught in adultery. That ain't me. Can he forgive me? Because you know, we do lesser sins. Jesus said, if you look, One person say, it's not the first look that makes you lust. It's the second look. So the other person responded, well, I'm going to take a long first look. <laughs> Why y'all laugh at that joke? Why y'all laugh at that joke, huh? <laughs> so what he did all these things wasn't mean to me. It ain't until you open the package. Well, what's the package? She wrapped the body that God wrapped him in in cloth and placed him in a manger. And God was giving you metaphors all the time of who he was. Because the same place they would place a lamb when he was born, they placed a lamb when he is born. The same people that would expect the lamb to see if they have any blemishes and watch over them were the same people the shepherds announced, go check the lamb. And all through his life, God was giving you glimpse, but that body is just a package. If we're going to truly experience it, we got to open it up. God wish I had a church. We got to open it up. What do you mean open it up? And the devil was the biggest loser ever. Because God not only opened the package, but he allowed the devil to think that he was going to open it for him. The Bible says that the enemy entered Judas and Judas betrayed him with a kiss. They took Jesus on the mockery of a trial. And when they 
did all they did through the night. They started opening the package. Some of the soldiers saw him there and said, he thinks he's a king. Let's show him that this Nazarene, this no good looking, this nothing to be desired of, not Roman, not even part of the dominant rulers, you're nothing. Let's give him a crown. And they put thorns in the crown and they <coughs> ripped the package open. And they said, give him a cross. Let him carry it. But before they did that, they said, publicly humiliate him. And they whipped him. And every time they whipped him, wrappings came off. Wrappings came off. Wrappings came off. Yeah, there's a verse in the Bible that says those wrappings weren't in vain. But every time a wrapping came off, he was wounded. For my Every time they thought they were opening emptiness, they were releasing healing. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You got to open the package to really see the gift. And they started whipping him, and then they gave him a cross. And the cross was so heavy that another man had to carry it. And then they put him on the cross, and they pierced his hands. And they ripped the package open, and blood came out. Oh, hallelujah. What was in the package was blood. Ah. And they pierced him in the side. And blood flowed. And it was because of this blood that you and I are forgiven. And when they ripped the package of Jesus open, they released salvation to all humanity. And you know there's some gifts that keep on giving? Not only did it release salvation, uh, but if I had a church in this house, mm, ah, hallelujah. But 50 days later, hallelujah, he not only gave you salvation, but the Bible says, wait in the upper room. Not only will I give you salvation, but I'm coming back in your body. Well, how's that going to happen? Wait for the promise. And while they were to gather together in one accord, the Bible said as they were praying and worshiping, the Spirit of God entered the room like a mighty rushing wind and tongues fell on them like cloven fire and they begun to speak in other tongues i could imagine mary saying i felt this before in my oh my god i felt this same holy ghost before in my and that gift keeps on giving because that gift convicts. That gift heals. That gift delivers. That gift guides. That gift advises. So when they hung Jesus on the cross, they opened everything that I would ever need. It didn't look like what I want. And if you gave me a cross as a child, I'd give it right back to you. Now as an adult, oh, precious is that flow. And while they were opening him up, he looked at everybody. And he said, Father, 
Forgive every villain in this room for killing the superhero. I close with these words from a great man. A superhero goes through immense tragedy and comes back out of the dirt and makes sure that no one else has to feel that intense hurt. I'd want to fade my villain on sight. To put it simple and plain, but a real hero offers love to the same villain that caused them pain. There's a hero that was given to you and I, and his name is Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes in this room?